0: So good to have you here on my Open Forum Wednesday, Grant Napier on Listen Up. I trust that you are having a good day. Again, Open Forum Wednesday means we can go in any direction. You know the routine. You hit your hand icon, you raise your hand, and I will put you right on with me. A lot of things going on. Not new news, but a follow-up from yesterday involving Phil Mickelson, the Head of the PGA, the commissioner, uh, came out and said that there will be zero complacency when it comes to the threat of a Saudi-funded rival league. Jay Monahan, again, the PGA Tour commissioner, said he has a clear message for any player that is tempted to leave. Quote, I told the players we're moving on and anyone on the fence needs to make a decision. I can't imagine anyone going over to play in the Saudi Golf League. I really can't. That would surprise the hell out of me. That would surprise the hell out of me. It's also something that does not surprise the hell out of me. You know, it doesn't really matter what the topic is. It's all about politics. It's just amazing to see what's out there on social media. But as far as it relates to Phil Mickelson, he has very, few supporters. He's got very few supporters. And he shouldn't. He shouldn't. You know, the, again it goes back to what is right and what is wrong. It doesn't matter whether you're on the left or the right, doesn't matter whether you're liberal or conservative, doesn't matter. It's about what's right and what's wrong. And I don't really understand how anyone can defend Phil Mickelson here. Now, if you want to Talk about the other injustices around the world. If you want to talk about the Olympics that were just held in Beijing and talk about whether people turn their head the other way, that's fine. We can do that. And we all know the answer to those questions. We all know the answer to those questions. Did you see the ratings for NBC? Wow. Nobody watching the Olympics. Nobody. That's good. You know what? I think people voted with their TV remote that's what i think i really i really believe that the i mean the ratings just brutal just absolutely uh, brutal so again if you want to get in on the program today uh hit your hand icon raise your hand uh and we will do it the nba season What's left of it? Tomorrow, the Kings are in action. They've got 22 games left. And then uh, a lot of the other teams will play on Friday. So the uh, NBA resumes uh, tomorrow. And I I think when you look, I was talking about, about this today with a buddy. How many teams do you think? could win the NBA championship this year, all right? You know, normally we would always have two teams, right? I mean, not every year. But generally speaking, when you had that question, gee, who could win the NBA championship, it would be two or three teams. In the NFL, I think just about any team that's in the playoffs, as evidenced by the Cincinnati Bengals this year, could win the Super Bowl. All right, if you look at the East, to me, Miami could win it. Chicago could win it. I'm not – I don't think Philadelphia could. I really don't. And Milwaukee, we know, Ken. I'm not sold on Cleveland winning the championship. I think it would be too big of a jump in one year. In the West, Golden State clearly could win the championship. Phoenix could win the championship. And should I put Memphis in there at 41-19? and 19? Could you see them winning an NBA championship? I don't. By the way, I should put Brooklyn in there if Kyrie Irving can play and it looks like he will be able to, if Durant is healthy with Simmons playing defense, you know, that would be my dark horse in the East would be Brooklyn. I don't think Cleveland, I wouldn't pick Philly, I wouldn't pick Boston or anyone else. In the West, I think my dark horse would probably be Memphis. People would say, well, what about the Lakers if, Anthony Davis were healthy, and LeBron James were healthy. I think they have too many other holes. I really do. I I just – that would surprise me. That would surprise me. Plus, I mean, why would I think that Anthony Davis is going to be able to stay healthy at any point during the playoffs? Like, why would I think that? I I don't think that. I really don't. So, to me, Phoenix, Golden State for sure. Utah, mm mm-hmm. Possibly. Dallas, no. Denver, no. Any of the other teams, no. So, at minimum of two in the West, Phoenix and Golden State. And in the East, Miami. You know, Chicago's proven it all year, so I got to put them on there. Philly, I think, is going to not be there. I think that trade for them is going to work out horribly. What do you think about that? you think I'm missing any teams? And, again, Brooklyn in the East. I mean, again, if Brooklyn has a healthy Kevin Durant and Irving's able to play in every game and he's got his head screwed on straight, which, you know, the chances of that happening are remote, but I'm putting it out there. And Ben Simmons, speaking of having your head on straight, is able to neutralize the other team's best offensive player. For instance, let's say Chicago is playing Brooklyn. Okay? Ben Simmons gets on DeMar DeRozan and neutralizes him. Chicago's not winning, right? You would agree with that? Or let's say Ben Simmons gets on Zach Levine. I I just, that's the asset. That is the benefit of having a Ben Simmons on your roster. He can take the other team's best offensive player, and neutralize him. Doesn't have to score. Doesn't have to have ball in his hand. Now, you might ask me, gee, what happens at the end of a close game? Can you have him on the floor with his horrible free throw shooting? That's a great question. That's a very, very valid question. I, and I think you and everyone else knows he is a disaster at the free throw line. Disaster. All right, tomorrow the Kings and Nuggets... You've got Golden State of Portland, Phoenix and Oklahoma City, Memphis travels to Minnesota, Chicago home to Atlanta, Boston is in Brooklyn, and Detroit is taking on Cleveland. The Kings with a home-and-home home against Denver with a day off, tomorrow in Sactown, and then Saturday in the Mile High City. Uh, Denver in sixth place at 33-25. They've won six of their last ten. Kings come in 22-38. and 38. They've lost two in a row. And again, their issue is defense. Defense. Allowing just under 115 points a game. Horrible. Their defense is pathetic. Pathetic. Matter of fact, it's the second worst in the NBA. Now you say, well, yeah, but the roster's are a little bit different now. Yeah, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Very difficult to win in the NBA, allowing 115 points a game. All right, baseball. Are we going to see baseball this year? And if we see baseball, when are we going to see baseball? Right? When are we going to see baseball? Progress is considered to be minimal. Talks are continuing. All right, but again, we understand progress is minimal. I don't know why anyone would be optimistic that they're going to get anything done. They did meet again today. They might be meeting as we speak, and a deadline to play opening day is fast approaching. Most believe that in order for spring, or excuse me, in order for baseball to start on time, you need four weeks of spring training. So the deadline for opening day is fast approaching. But again, sources say the sides remain far apart. Spring training has already been postponed until March 5th. I I think you can... Push that further along. I, I I don't know why anyone would be optimistic that you're going to have baseball played on opening day. I, I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know why we would think that. Isn't it amazing that billionaires and millionaires and a sport that's already messed up is stupid enough to go this route Like, what are they thinking about? It's awful. It really is. What a bad job by Commissioner Rob Manford and Tony Clark, the head of the Players Association. Terrible. Really is. What a bad, bad job by all concerned in Major League Baseball. Terrible job. Yeah, I, for one, am not going to miss baseball until at least the middle of the year. I'm not going to miss it at all. I'm not missing baseball in April, I can tell you that. I'm not missing baseball In May, I can promise you that. Probably not going to miss it until after 4th of July when you have nothing going on. Speaking of nothing going on, this is the worst week in sports, is it not? You know, when you have the Super Bowl is over, you get the NBA All-Star break, you know, you don't have a lot going on. It's almost like you go from fast speed, full throttle, and then someone hits a light switch and there's nothing going on unless it's off the field. Thank goodness for Phil Mickelson. Seriously. Thank goodness for Phil or what the hell would we be talking about? Seriously, what would we be talking about if it weren't for Phil Mickelson and Jawan Howard? Probably nothing. Right? What would we what what what's the news without Phil and Jawan Howard? All right, Jeff, you're on with Grant Napier on Listen App. Hey Jeff. Hey Grant, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing today?
2: Not bad. Not bad. Hey, two things. Uh yeah, I see Mickelson did. Lo- I heard you rant, and he did lose that 14-year sponsorship yep. like I thought he'd lose a sponsorship. I wonder how – I'm just wondering, is the PGA going to suspend him, or is Callaway going to be next, or what do you think?
0: I think he's going to lose a lot of his sponsors. Uh, yes, I do. I don't think the PGA Tour will suspend him. I don't think they have to. He walked away on his own. Now, maybe the PGA Tour and him you know, had a closed-door conversation and said, uh-huh. you need to leave so we don't have to suspend you. It's a great question. Uh, But, I mean, I'll tell you what you're going to know, Jeff. The Masters is not that far away. Right. If he's not playing at Augusta, that tells you all you need to know.
2: Oh, you're right. You're right. So, the second thing I had was about the Olympics. You know, I just wasn't into it. And then the icing on the cake was, uh, you know, they let that uh, female uh, skater that uh, failed her drug test from Russia skate, which was – totally bogus and then my my thing from the beginning was the hypocrisy of our nation going back to the riots and all this treatment fair treatment of people and you know I don't care if you're black brown yellow white whatever I mean any color you are a race creed religion like you you've said everybody wants equal rights but yet they want to support the Chinese government that's total hypocritical. And so i I, I where are all these athletes what that don't, you know, they want to be over here saying they're totally for human rights, Black life matters. but yet what goes on over there is okay. It doesn't make sense.
0: Nothing makes sense in this world anymore. I mean, it really doesn't. What makes sense anymore? it, it It's a, it's a messed up world. Uh, people attacking each other on social media. it n- Again, nothing, nothing makes sense. It's unbelievable to me. It really is. You know, I saw talk show host Doug Gottlieb and Emmanuel Acho like going at each other's throats a couple of days ago on Twitter. It's just, you know, it doesn't really matter who you are anymore. It's like, okay, uh, the gloves are off, but it's the vile, venomous nature of, the way people communicate now—it's just awful. It really yeah. is. And you and you and you are one hundred percent correct. The hypocrisy and the double standards of when people turn their head the other way—the other way. Yeah. I mean, the, the you know the NBA is as guilty as anyone in this. You know, the yeah. NBA with their uh, hypocritical stance as it relates to China. I mean, you know what happened? They remain silent. They're not speaking out. Uh, we 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 know exactly what China means to the NBA. The mm-hmm. billions of dollars, and so they turned their head the other way. It's ridiculous. Well, K- Katner
2: is out of a job now. He spoke up. He's he got cut.
0: He's who did? Gone.
2: Eric Eric Katner Freedom, the guy who spoke up.
0: Oh uh, yeah. That, yep. He
2: it, after he spoke up, it didn't last but what two nope. weeks or so, and he was gone.
0: Yep, that's right. I Absolutely. mean, he wasn't. He
2: wasn't the. He wasn't you know a starter. You know, like no, but he was a pretty good backup
0: center hey whoopi goldberg can go on the view okay and you know her comments are just baffling she gets suspended uh for two weeks right uh and yet stephen a smith on espn with his egregious asinine ridiculous comments on occasion not all the time uh that are beyond belief doesn't even get suspended you know it's that we know that they're There's not equal footing. Uh, It depends on what your ethnicity is, what your race is. It depends on how much money you bring in to your company. I mean, Mark Lai, a PGA professional, goes on Sirius XM, makes one comment about the WNBA, and he's fired immediately. You know why? Because he's replaceable on Sirius XM, so it's not that big of a deal, and they can get somebody else. Stephen A. Smith, nope. He can go on, say whatever he wants. He can offend whoever the hell he wants. And he doesn't even get his hand slapped. It's ridiculous.
2: You're right. Absolutely correct. And it's just totally, I mean, it, it, it just, it, oh my God, it just upsets me. I mean, these corporations that back the defunct BLM now, that's they're. Uh, you know, everybody's shutting them down. Amazon, Californ- even California won't let you donate to them anymore. And, and all these companies that backed them and went woke but they won't go woke on China.
0: <laughs> hey, my black friends here in Miami, we've had extremely open conversations about this. I mean, we put it out on the table. They're embarrassed by BLM. They tell me flat out, they're embarrassed by it. Now, do they uh, care about the lives of black people? Of course. Do they course. care about yeah. the issues that face the black community? 100%. But as far as black lives matter, they are embarrassed by it. And they've uh, almost every person has told me that. And I'm like, I mean, at first I was blown away and I was like, wait a minute, explain that to me. Then I was like, well, I'm not so surprised anymore, but we just, nothing adds up anymore in our society. It just doesn't add up. Right.
2: Well, let's make the distinction between uh, Black Lives Matter is true, but the organization, the the people that started it and ripped off everybody and, and bought all their homes and hollywood and southern Cal- mansions and, and they even bought mansions in canada and now 60 million dollars is missing it's unaccountable and there's about a half a dozen states uh trying to find them and sue them uh so uh where are, where's lebron and all these athletes that stepped up and donated big money to them you know demarcus cousins and his cronies a word. They're all running and hiding now. You won't hear a word from them denouncing the organization.
0: Jeff, it's always good to hear from you. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you.
2: All right. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. All right. If you want to come on, all you got to do is raise your hand, hit your hand icon, and you can join me on this open forum Wednesday. Hey, something else I wanted to put out there is the month of March. Yeah right around the corner you know what that means and if you want any more information on super draft let me know and i'll be happy to pass it along i'll talk more about that a little bit later uh, but let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on this open form wednesday and we're going to check in with uh mark mark i've got you up on stage hit that mic icon and then you'll be able to uh, converse with me here on listen app anyone else that wants to come on it's easy to do mark there you go how are you today <laughs>
3: Hello, Grant. How are you?
0: Good, Mark. Thank you.
3: Hey, good. So what I want to make a comment is, is, uh, you know, living in today's society, you know, being a white male, you need to be really, be really careful. Anybody who knows that, it's you. Uh, I hope that in your fight that that uh, whoever's representing you has the the audio take of George Floyd's brother when he basically made the comment about all lives matter. Uh, During that, you know, when he was speaking for his brother, uh, because I think that's really pertinent uh, to your case as well. Uh, But I really want to talk about I put this out to I've got, you know, obviously I'm 49er fan. So I've got a lot of friends who are season ticket holders uh, down in the Bay Area. And, you know, I was kind of thinking about, you know, this Tom Brady situation, him retiring and Tom Brady, obviously. You know, his favorite football team of all time was the San Francisco 49ers and following Joe Montana during the days. And it was kind of kind of funny that I just heard, just yesterday I was listening to Colin Coward and the talk about Tom Brady possibly coming and playing for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and, uh, well, I I like it in the sense of, not, not because it's Tom Brady. I like it in the sense of that I think that Tom Brady could come to the 49ers. 49ers are lacking really one thing, you know, maybe a defensive back. They're lacking a quarterback. And if, if Tom Brady was to come to the San Francisco 49ers, I think that the 49ers would win a championship. But the, the, the thing that I think that would work the best for the 49ers is I think Trey Lance needs to sit behind somebody and learn. Because he sure didn't learn behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And obviously Jimmy Garoppolo didn't learn behind Tom Brady. And I think he needs to sit back and kind of look at some look at somebody like a Tom Brady, see how he runs an offense. Now, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of uh, of Kyle Shanahan. I don't think he's this big offensive genius that they everybody talks about. Uh, just watching him. Uh, obviously, he, he, you know, panics uh, when it when it comes down to, you know, crunch time. Obviously, he proved that with Atlanta. He proved that mm-hmm. with uh, the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And he also proved that with this last NFC Championship game.
0: So what do you think about that? Well, if Tom Brady could end up in San Francisco, I'm, I don't care about Trey Lance right now. I mean, if you can get Tom Brady, you get Tom Brady. I mean that, that that's very clear to me. And if Trey Lance has to wait one more year, then guess what? He waits one more year. That, that's it. I'm with you. I, I'm, Kyle Shanahan and me, you know, in big games, you know you can question some of his coaching in the biggest of games. I think that's, I think that's a fair criticism, Mark. I think that's very fair.
3: Yeah, I, like I said, I, I just I just haven't seen this and, and you keep hearing about this offensive genius that he is, and I just don't see it now. I don't. I'm not a big Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the smartest guy in the world. Uh, I don't think he could grasp a, an offense. I mean, it, you know, and maybe of of the complexity of of uh, uh, Kyle's, you know, intellect when it comes to what everybody says is a uh, offensive genius. Uh, you know, Jimmy has proven. You know, I mean, obviously there for five years that he, you know, he really couldn't, you know, perform in, perform in that offense. Uh, But I I just find it kind of interesting. You know, Tom Brady, I don't think he's ready to retire. And if he could play a couple more years with the 49ers or maybe one more year, whatever it is, I mean, his family wouldn't have to travel. You know, he's a Bay Area boy, went to Sarah High School. Uh, I think it would be I think it'd be something that's uh, very doable.
0: Hey, Mark, one other thing I wanted to add to your opening statement about George Floyd's brother uh, saying all lives matter. So did Marcus Arbery, the father of Ahmad Arbery, you know, after the uh, guilty verdict uh, came out and said, quote, for real, all lives matter, not just black children. We don't want to see nobody go through this. I don't want to see no daddy watch their kid get and then we couldn't hear what he said or shot down like that. So, um, you know, again, two of the most high profile cases. This, this country has seen uh, in the last two years, uh, relatives of both of the victims, in one case, a brother, and in another case, the father uh, came out and said, all lives matter. So I, I don't know what else needs to be said. Uh, LeBron James uh, is on video uh, saying that when he was with Cleveland. Uh, I mean, we can just go on and on. And, and, and really what is disturbing, Mark, is the fact that, you even have to bring that up or I have to bring that up. I mean, are there people that are listening to this right now or our, are or, our, our neighbors or the people that we work with that honestly don't believe all lives matter? I mean, seriously, are there people that are in your circle of friends, Mark, because there aren't in mine, that truly do not believe all lives matter? Like, what's wrong with society? Seriously.
3: Well, you know, I understand totally what you're saying, but I had this discussion with my daughter, you know, she being a millennial and being a, you know, a a liberal and which a lot of these young kids are today, especially if they grew up in the UC system. Uh, And I asked her, I said, what is wrong? Because, you know, I brought up the situation. I mean, I talk about you a lot and how you were wronged and, how people turned your back on you with an organization that you were with for 30 years and you know all because about money and because you know don't forget you know the blm people shut down uh, arco arena or excuse me uh, golden one uh the night of the game and you know just what they did to you it was a travesty and And so I had this discussion with my daughter. I said, well, what's wrong with the statement of all lives matter? And she explained to me, and you probably know this as well, is, Dad, the reason why it's not all lives matter is because the way the black community thinks about it is our lives can't matter if all lives matter. Black lives have to matter before all lives matter.
0: And I said, well, you know. Go
3: ahead. Yeah, I, I I disagreed with her. And, you know, and, you know, we're talking semantics here.
0: That's correct. I mean, it's exactly it, what it's I was a movement.
3: It, you know, it's a movement. And unfortunately, you know, I mean, I, I don't you know, I just don't agree with it with the movement. Well, first of all, because... the, intent,
0: the intent of someone making a comment, all lives matter, has to be asked. What was your intent? What were you meaning by that? And unfortunately right. I, I didn't get that opportunity, you know, which is just sad yep. in itself. But, you know, a lot of words have intent behind them. What is the intent of what you meant by that? And that's uh, you know, even if you find the conversation with your daughter to be, okay, let's have this conversation. I'm gonna listen to what you have to say. Okay, let's talk about Grant for a minute. What do you think Grant's intent was by that? What did Grant mean when he said all lives matter every single one? And I've explained myself hundreds of times about this. What I meant was we all need to come together. We need to stop, you know, uh, we need to stop labeling everybody. We need to stop putting this group of people over here, this group of people over here. We need to be one and we need to come together and put our arms around one another. I had a conversation this past weekend. I was with four people of color down in Key West, and we were having a drink, and we were talking about this very, very subject. And they all agreed with what I just said, is that they hate being stereotyped, they hate labels, and they hate about having Black people on an island. And we talked about All Lives Matter, and they they agreed with my premise. Why can't people just be people? Why do we have to say, gee, what race are you? I was with an individual who, this was fascinating to me. She, her skin complexion was very dark, right? And so I said to her, I go, would I refer to you if we were just having a conversation and we talked about you being African American or black? She goes, I'm not African American. I said, okay. She goes, I'm not black. And I'm like, really? She goes, no, I'm Latin. I go, you're Latin. She goes, yeah, I'm from Panama. And I'm like, so you do not consider yourself to be black? She goes, absolutely not. I go, and African-American obviously She goes, no, I'm from Panama. She goes, I'm Latin. And I was just like, very interesting. So again, we stereotype. We want to put labels on people based on how they look and based on their skin complexion, which is just wrong. It's flat out absolutely wrong. So to me, when I say all lives matter, every single one, it's my way of saying, Let's stop with all the bullshit and let's put people just as human beings. You know, again, what's wrong with that? I remember when Tiger Woods' dad, Earl, was on the Oprah Winfrey show. And because of Tiger's, you know, parents uh, and the different races, she asked, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, what do you what do you refer to Tiger? You know, what race do you consider Tiger? And he, he answered, the human race. Why, why is that so hard to understand? Why can't we have more conversations and more people realize that it really doesn't matter what your skin complexion, what your religion, what your sexuality, that you are a member of the human race. Why can't we go that direction? Why do we have to label? Why do we have to put people in groups? That's what I meant by all lives matter, every single one. We're all together. We're all people. We're all coming together. All lives matter, every single one. I don't know why that's so hard to understand. I really don't.
3: Uh, and and, and let me put it this way, Grant. So, so it's basically what they're doing is they're labeling you as a racist. Correct. For what you said, it's no different. You can't, you can't, well, some people are, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's the same people who claim that a cop shoots a black person because they're a racist or somebody sees a black person walking across the street. They think they're, there's, you know, they're thieves or they're, you know, whatever it's, it's putting labels on people and not getting to know them. And that's, that's what I have a problem with. That's what I have a problem with. You're calling somebody a racist and you don't even know them. It's just like me seeing a black man walking across the street saying you're a thief. Why? Because you're black. No, we have to prove who we are every day. So and if anybody true. knew you anybody knew you they would know that
0: you are not you work i mean hey listen I mean, all my all my friends the people that mean a lot to me all of my colleagues the people that that know me they know who i am i know who i am and here's the other deal i said this maybe last week or maybe the week before excuse me it used to bother me when people would make comments about me that i knew were not true now it doesn't bother me anymore and the reason is I know what the truth is I know who I am I know how I live my life I know what I'm about and so if somebody wants to attack me uh, I at the end of the day know know who I am I know what the real truth is so those people in my opinion are few and far between you know the Matt Barnes of the world they're few and far between and if Matt really wants to consider me a closet racist Like, what the hell does that mean? I'm a closet racist, but yet he wants to come on my radio show every week and wants to play in my golf tournament and spend money at my auction to help out the students that we send to college, and yet I'm a closet racist. Well, what does that say about Matt Barnes? If he really feels that I'm a closet racist, why doesn't someone ask him why he came on my radio show every week?
3: Matt, because it's money. Matt Barnes is a a, a closet racist, is somebody who's a racist, who doesn't show that they're a racist, but they're out in the public. These people came out and said, you are a racist in public. So how could you be a closet racist? They're the ones with the problems, and we know about the Matt Barnes. We know about the DeMarcus Cousins. I I mean, I've seen DeMarcus Cousins, the way he acted. I've seen DeMarcus Cousins walk up to you and call you a bitch. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean i've you know i've you have no
0: idea the things that uh, he called me i mean you know well it, it, I, 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 I really, it, really ball, this... i felt i felt you know what i had an incident with him and i'll tell you this because it was in public so i i'm not i'm not spilling the beans on this so we were going and when you play in toronto mm-hmm. you go through the airports the only uh place in the nba circuit where you have to actually go through the airport like regular people because you have to go through immigration. Normally the bus pulls up to the steps of the airplane and you get on the airplane. So this, you, you really can't make this up. A few years ago, one of our people that work in the TV truck was not on the trip and we had a replacement. He does all the Oakland A's games. He's extremely talented. And he was traveling with us for the first time. We are in line at immigration. Okay, you cannot make this up. And there are the the coaches, uh, Gary Gerald, myself, and this guy. And we're all talking, OK? And all of a sudden, Demarcus Cousins starts cursing from behind us in the line, literally cursing, OK? F-bombs could not believe it. There are women that are working in the airport. There are TSA members working at the airport. There are Canadian troopers working in the airport. And he made this guy feel like a piece of shit. And you know what really was disturbing? Nobody on the team, no coaches, nobody said, hey, Demarcus, stop it. Okay? All right. Now, let me fast forward to the following year, the next year. We're going through customs. We're going through immigration and I have global entry. Okay. Global entry means I go to a special line. So I go through Mm -hmm. security and I'm on my way to global entry and DeMarcus is not yet through security and he starts cursing at me in the middle of the airport. And I turn around and I go, hey, way to be professional, way to be classy. So you know what? Instead of running and hiding, I waited for him. He comes through security and I'm standing there. And i said hey if you have a problem i'm right here why don't you say it to my face and he starts to unload on me with f-bombs and i said hey why don't you grow up i go do you see the woman right here working he goes i don't give a fuck about the women blah 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 i go you know what you should be ashamed of yourself and he starts yelling at me and i said to him this is exactly what i said to him in the middle of customs at toronto airport this is what i said to him i said hey demarcus you know what? There's a right way to handle things, and there's a wrong way to handle things. And unfortunately, you choose the wrong way almost every single time. And he said, F you, blah, blah, blah. He's screaming at me. Literally, we're standing there. And I just shook my head, and I walked I walked to my global entry. I got on the airplane, and I just said, you know, that's typical DeMarcus Cousins. And the reason why I'm sharing that story, it was it was in public. You know, if it had been in private, I probably wouldn't share it because then I feel right. I'm breaching confidence and private There's, but it was in public and I, it, it happened twice on back-to-back years. The guy is just, you know, it, it, he has no filter. He has no filter. I called him,
3: Grant, I've called him bipolar on your show and you didn't want to go there only because, right. and I understand that because he is bipolar. you were, with, he is, you were with KHTK and, yeah, you know, obviously you're not gonna come out and say anything like that. I mean well, I understand you know what go ahead. It was my opinion that he was bipolar because he acts bipolar. And that's the typical I mean, he's got all the signs of being bipolar. I mean the guy's smiling one one second, the next minute he's going yeah. off
0: on somebody. He does and a so, lot of good things. He he does a lot yes. of good things. It's, he's not all bad. I mean, he does a lot no. of good things. He really and does. Said that. And, and I have, fair, said, you that. You have I, said that. I, yes, I have. But you know, I don't get
3: you credit for saying that. that. You have said that numerous times. Let me bring it let me bring an incident to you that you'll probably remember. You might yep. not, but you know I used to work for the organization. I came into work one night. We celebrate the Sacramento Kings yearly celebrate year uh uh the Chinese New Year. Right. One one night a week during uh during February.
0: You know where I'm going? I know 100% where you're going. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Go ahead. It was. It was the worst thing that I ever
3: witnessed in my life. And this is this is the education that this person has. And this is this is where nobody came out and Correct. and and this yep. is where you know where Renadive didn't didn't say, hey, wait a minute, we're celebrating a culture here, thousands <laughs> of years.
0: Right.
3: Yeah, thousands understand. of years. These yes. people. This is this is a Chinese New Year. Right. This has nothing to do with race. <laughs> and he made people re- <laughs> right. made everybody remove the t shirts from all the chairs because DeMarcus came down at the shoot around because it was year of the monkey. Yep. He thought it was racist.
0: Yep. And guess what? Instead of someone taking him aside and giving him an education, education on the Chinese New Year, they, they kowtowed to him. And you know what? They had all of the. They had 17,000 shirts taken off the seats. Okay. I was one of them. I did it. I helped. <laughs> but, but you know, what's amazing. <laughs> Nobody from the organization would go up to him and go Demarcus, Marcus, come here, sit down with me. Let me get my laptop out. Let me show you a little bit about the Chinese new year and the year of the snake, the year of the monkey, the year of this, the year of that. And let's, Let's give you a little quick synopsis of what this all means, the history going back, you know, blah, blah, blah. But to to make an inference that that was in any way, shape or form racist, the year of the monkey and having T-shirts was was another example of how nobody ever wanted to educate him. It, It was sad. It was beyond sad. And that was one of the worst things that I've ever seen happen at the arena.
3: And guess what, Grant? The Chinese community never came out against it, never said a word. That part they don't never know. I don't remember
0: because it was uh, obviously a, a long time ago. They didn't even say anything. Huh? It was three. It was
3: about. It was three years ago. Well, no. How long no, have they been in Golden? It was three years ago.
0: It was probably like. It was last. It
3: was the last year. they were at Arco. Okay. Uh, so it was the last year they were at Arco because yep. I didn't. I didn't go yep. to the new arena. So, so bottom line is. The, the Chinese community probably felt intimidated and not even coming out and saying anything. I'm not going to speak that for was, the Chinese that community.
0: That I don't know.
3: Yeah. Well, it did it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It was really sad. It was that, sad. that, 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 that happened. And there's another example, but the preference, my beginning comment to you about, I hope, and you know, I hope that you guys, you know, in your fight, to you know to for your reputation which right. i don't think you have to fight for that you that you you guys use these statements by these black They are uh, in um, the, the statements like, were in yeah. our
0: complaint that we filed in federal court they're in the actual complaint and which is public record
3: good good like Thanks, i say Martin. brother i wish i wish you the best and Appreciate uh it. whenever you're in sacramento i'll be i'll try to get a get in touch with you
0: Sounds great, Mark. Always good hearing from you. Take care.
3: Bye, bro. Bye. Bye.
0: Good stuff right there. Good call.
1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, let's move along, get to uh, some other phone calls on this open forum Wednesday with Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hey, Grant. How you doing today? Good, Jerry. What's happening? Hey, uh, Grant, I got a question for you.
4: Uh, you were saying that DeMarcus was, uh, he was like, did he ever... Uh, yell at, at his teammates uh, on <laughs> and off the court.
0: Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> uh, wow! His, I believe his, I believe one of his first suspensions was uh, when he uh, punched out Dante Green in the locker room. I believe
1: oh.
0: that was he was suspended for two games for that. But yeah, he he would <laughs> he would curse at his teammates all the time.
4: <laughs> Grant, let me ask you something so why why don't you uh why don't you think that the king's organization uh even when the malus were still the owners why didn't why don't you think that something was ever said right there before it got out of control it, the it it, oh was? my
0: gosh take my word on this okay there were Multiple, 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 multiple interventions of coaches, general managers, uh, front office personnel, teammates, agents that would talk to him around the clock about his behavior. And it was so unbelievable that it, it, it took over the team. Assistant coaches would try to talk to him all the time about the right way of doing things, the wrong way of doing things. Hey, I had Keith Smart on my podcast a couple of months ago. and we talked about that. and he was very open about trying to help DeMarcus and tell him, you know certain things. And uh, most coaches did. You know, most coaches wanted him to succeed, not most. They all wanted him to succeed. They all wanted him to be successful. They all wanted him to be a consummate professional and have great success. So they tried to help him. They tried to, you know, teach him right from wrong. But he, a lot of times, would not listen. Or if he did listen, it would go in one ear and out the other.
4: Uh, didn't Coach Carl uh, suspend him a couple games?
0: Coach who? Coach Carl. Yes, Um He was suspended by every coach that I believe that he played for, including Michael Malone, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, He was suspended when Paul Westball was coaching. He was suspended when Keith Smart was coaching for going into the locker room at halftime and completely cursing out Keith in front of the team. DeMarcus did not return to the floor for the second half. Uh, George Carl, uh, he was suspended under Dave Yeager's watch. Yeah, yes.
4: Oh, wow. And then you would think he would have learned his lesson, huh? Wow.
0: Well, you know, there – I can't remember what the saying is. Uh, you, what is it? You can't change the stripes of a whatever. I mean, you it is it is he is who he is, you know And again, you know he's not he has a lot of good qualities. You know, I don't want to sit here and paint the guy as if he's some evil, awful person. he he actually he actually has, you know, very good qualities in it, but his bad ones, unfortunately, to me, uh, are they outweigh out way and out. Outshine or out outshine is not the right word, but they overtake his good qualities because people are always dwelling on his bad qualities. And quite frankly, um, I believe he has earned that by his past behaviors. Awesome, Grant.
4: Great show, buddy. Keep it up.
0: Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate you listening right here on Listen App. You know, again, he really does. He it's he he has some very good qualities. I mean, he really does. When he's not angry, I mean. He's a really good guy. Unfortunately, he's angry a lot. And he has no filter. He's one of the most sensitive athletes that I've ever been around. And there were times where I would try to help him. Many times I try to help him. First time he was in studio with me for an hour. He was in there with the the guy that basically was his manager. And he's eating these... um, what do they call the, not gummy worms, the sour worm, you know, like, and he's, he's got the plastic bag in his hand and he's eating this, eating these in our studio while we're doing the interview. And when we go to the commercial, I go, DeMarcus, listen, you can't eat like that when you're on the radio. I go, you really have to understand that you're trying to present yourself in a certain way and you go, the the ruffling of the plastic Sounds like a fire in the background, and then you're you you're not a, we're not able to understand you because you're eating your candy while you're doing the interview. And he said, "Hey man, I'm sorry. It's okay." And then there was another time. After he got suspended, for punching out Dante Green in the locker room, and I did an interview. Before the game, that was recorded, about him being we were in Oklahoma City. I remember like it was yesterday, and I asked him a question. And he answered it, and I stopped him. And I I, walk, I took two steps, and I went up to him, and I turned around. I do not want anybody else to hear this. There weren't a lot of people there anyway. There was the cameraman. And, and I said, listen, I said, you need to talk louder. He goes, why? I go, because when you talk louder, you're more believable. If you talk in a very quiet, hushed tone, and you have your head down, people aren't going to believe what you say. I go, I want you to look at me, as I ask the question, and when you answer it, I want you to make believe that you're talking to the cameraman, not me. And he goes, okay. And so we did the interview, and we get done, and he goes, how was that? Was that better? I go, that was so much better. And he goes, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I go, no problem. I go, I'm trying to help you. I go, you want to come across a certain way. But, so, so, you know, it's like, I, I would try to help him. I would try to put him for himself very often in the best possible light. I'm like, okay, you know what? He doesn't know. Nobody's ever taught him. So I'm going to give him some pointers on how to do interviews better. I did that, believe it or not, several times. And he actually got very good at doing interviews, especially after the game. He got very good. He got very comfortable. Uh, His his Audio was up. Instead of talking like this, he was talking like this. You know, he got better. You know, but again, he didn't know. I try to help him. I, I, it's not like I think the guy is evil and a horrible human being. I don't think that at all of him. I never have thought that of him. Even today, I don't think that. You know, I, I don't. I think he lacked a lot of education in a lot of areas. And he has a anger problem. He has a very short fuse, and he has a problem with respect, and that is, unfortunately, character traits that I couldn't do anything about, nor could anyone else. You know, I know. F- just there were many people that would would say the same thing: referees, coaches, fans. Uh, it, it just it, that's his. There are they are character traits. All of his character traits are not bad. He has some very good character traits. He's an extremely charitable person. He likes helping out others. I mean, he's got a very soft heart for many. He He just does. There are a lot of good qualities that he has. But his bad traits, they're bad. You know, they're bad. I don't know what else to say. All right, if you want to come on the program, hit your hand icon, raise your hand. And you can ask me a question here on our open forum Wednesday. Same time tomorrow, 3 o'clock, and we'll do it again on Friday at 3 o'clock. Get you ready for the weekend. We've got some uh, NBA basketball, as we said, coming up tomorrow. you got the Phil Mickelson story. You know, we talked a little bit a day ago about uh, Juwan Howard, his five-game suspension. We didn't really get into it that much yesterday. Do you feel that that was appropriate? Do you feel that he got off easy. Do you feel that was about right? Bad look for Michigan, bad look for Howard, bad look for all concerned. It's bad. So a 5 game suspension uh for the for, or for the rest of the regular season. Again, we'll get picked up tomorrow with, you know, more uh sports now that the NBA is going to resume You've got people following Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to stay in Green Bay? Is he not going to stay in Green Bay? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, The general manager, Brian Gutenkunst was holding a news conference today and was asked what will the Packers do if Rodgers decides he wants to play next season but not in Green Bay, and he said, quote, Those are some hypotheticals that I don't think we're going to go down those roads right now. Uh, He added uh, that this was not something I told him, saying that they had a handshake agreement that they would trade him if he wanted to after the season. He said, again, that that was not something I told him. Again, I think the whole conversation with Aaron last season before he came back was that regardless, at the end of this past season, that we would sit down as a group and we would work it out one way or another. So those are some of the comments uh, today. All right. And I think, you know, he was right when he said, quote, because I think we've got as good a shot as anybody to win a Super Bowl next year. I would agree with that. He added, he's the MVP of the league. That's our goal. I think we have an opportunity to do it right now. So we'll see. You know? And Aaron did not play well in the playoffs against San Francisco. That's for sure. You know, Rodgers uh, yesterday was on the Pat McAfee show on Sirius XM and said he still has things to think about before making a decision. Uh, Guttenkund said, that's not a question I can answer for you. Obviously, he's going through his process. I think the one thing that I know for sure is Aaron takes this stuff very seriously his performance, and what he brings to our football team on so many different levels. He puts a lot into that, and he knows how much work it takes during the offseason to prepare himself to give to our team and what he does. So I think he's going through his process right now to get himself ready to make sure he knows that he wants to do that because I don't think it's easy what he does to prepare for a season. So we'll see. He's asked if they're in somewhat of a holding pattern. Quote, obviously everything around here kind of centers on the quarterback. It's a big piece and a domino that kind of has to fall before we go down the other avenue. So it's important as we go through this and the puzzle pieces we have to try to make fit. That's the first one to go. Then there's Devontae Adams, and the All-Pro receiver is a candidate for the franchise tag. Uh, Guttenkund said that that is a last- Resort. I can't imagine any way in the world that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers without Devontae Adams. I, I can't see that. I can't see that. Do you, do you believe that you would have Aaron Rodgers playing for the Green Bay Packers without Devontae Adams? Uh, the Packers, by the way, have between now and March 8th. All right. He said that both sides would prefer to get a long-term contract done. They're not going to let him leave. They would have to tag him if they can't work out a deal. I mean, you think Aaron Rodgers is coming back to Green Bay without Devontae Adams? I mean, come on now. I, I don't see any scenario where that happens. Alfred, how are you today, Al? Hello, Al. Al, we had the same problem yesterday. I don't know why I can't hear you. Obviously, the phone calls are working today. So, there must be something that you hit on your phone so that I cannot hear you because your green light is on. And unfortunately, we can't hear you. And that's a shame because I love talking to you. You know, Alfred, you there? Try it one more time. Nope. We put him back in audience. Sorry about that. Check out your phone. Try to figure out what it is. You must have hit something on your phone. Because uh, we cannot hear you. All right, hey, if you want to come in on the program, hit your hand icon, uh, raise your hand, and uh, we will do it. By the way, I get asked this all the time, so I'm going to follow up the conversation with Mark. Anyone listening here on Listen app could have asked me on social media what I think of BLM, and I would have answered it the exact same way, whether it was DeMarcus Cousins or whether it was you. I believe all lives matter, every single one. That's how I was raised. That's how my father raised our uh, family, my mother as well. That was our church, the very first principle of the Unitarian Universalist Church, the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Again, ever since I started going to Sunday school, that's what we always were taught. I don't know how else I would ever answer that question. I don't know. I really don't. I, I I don't believe I would have answered that question any other way. Again, the inherent worth and dignity of every person. And the second principle, if you're keeping score at home, is justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. You know, I don't know what else there is. I don't know what else there is, and my middle name was named after the minister of the church before I was born, who was a extremely popular figure in New York, was also a civil rights leader, activist, you know. This isn't too hard to understand. It really isn't. It's not too hard to understand. And the other, there's another principle, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. Too many people don't want to search for the truth anymore. They're lazy. They're lazy. It's not hard to search for the truth. Just ask questions. It's really not as hard as you think. It's not as hard as you think. Again, uh, before we uh, say goodbye for the day, I'd love to get you on here on this Open Forum Wednesday. If you want to talk about anything going on, both in the world of sports or out of the arena of sports, uh, I am happy to discuss right here on Listen App. Again, tomorrow, 3 o'clock, and then Friday, uh, 3 o'clock as well. If you missed my podcast yesterday, I had the Hall of Fame linebacker Brian Urlacher on. Really enjoyed that. Uh, Some future episodes, uh, I – Got a commitment from Mike Pereira of Fox today. We're going to talk about officiating, particularly the shortage of officials on our youth sports fields from coast to coast. The problem and what kind of solutions there may be for – Did you speaking of, did you see the tennis player yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Take his racket and bang the umpire chair, and the umpire had to raise one leg because he thought he was going to get hit by the racket. Did you see that? That was awful. I, I It's just awful. It's, it, It's just absolutely awful. But you talk about the horror stories that we hear in youth sports, and then you see what's going on in pro sports, it's across the board. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. So Mike Pereira is going to come on and we'll talk about some of those issues and a lot more. Love Mike. I've known Mike for quite a while. You know, he lives in Sacramento. Just a, a great guy. Uh, we'll talk to him about his uh, Battlefields the ball Ballfields Foundation. Very interesting as uh, Mike's trying to uh, make officiating a career. By the way, that I'm trying to see the the player that did that in tennis. It was uh, oh Alexander. Uh, oh, gosh, I know how to pronounce his name. Zverev. He is the player that banged his racket against the umpire's chair. Terrible. Awful. He's the number one. He's the number three player in the world. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I don't get it. You know, you talk about losing your cool. I mean, what are you thinking about there? You're banging your racket hard against the chair of the umpire right near his feet. Like, what's wrong with you? You know, what what's the punishment going to be for that? Seriously. What's it going to be for that? Awful. So anyway, Mike Pereira is going to come on. I got a couple of other people I've reached out to. I'm waiting for uh, some commitments. Uh, we're also going to get into uh, the NFL draft, which is two months away. Uh, we'll go over some of the top prospects. You know, it's not a good year for quarterbacks in this draft. We'll get some of the experts on. We'll talk about the uh, NFL draft. I don't know if we're going to have any baseball to talk about, which is a shame. I mean, it doesn't seem to me that they're like getting ready to walk out of the room and say, hey, guess what? We got a deal, and spring training is going to start on March 5th, and opening day is good to go. Does it seem to anyone out there that that's going to happen? You get any any feeling that we're going to have baseball played on schedule? If they're that far apart, what makes you think they're just going to be able to come up and get a deal like that? I don't think so. So, if there's no baseball to talk about, you got the golf, you got the NBA. If you're a hockey fan, you zero in towards the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. So, we got all of that. And hopefully, hopefully baseball. Although, I'm not counting on it. I'm really not. All right. So, tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Don't forget that I will be on No Filter Network tomorrow, an hour before I do this show. So, 2 o'clock Pacific with Sean Salisbury. Sean's awesome and just phenomenal. If you want to join us, it's very easy to do. You can come right on with us. All right? It's easy to do. All right, before we adjourn, let's get to Jeff. Hello, Jeff.
2: Hey, Grant, I had one more thing. Can you ask Mike? If uh, what his thoughts are, I mean, you've talked about this before about if a coach can have, you know, have uh, a challenge in the NFL, like in the NBA. Can you ask him that question?
0: Yeah, I will. Well, when I have him on, if I remember, I will definitely ask him that. Yes, I will. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good night, man. Really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone for listening right here on Listen App. I look forward to being back with you tomorrow. Same time. Six o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Pacific right here. I'm listening.